Hi, my name is Les Heron, and this is my podcast, The Journey Life. The Journey Life is where we want to help you move into the life you've always wanted, and we do that by inspiring and equipping you as you move towards knowing God more. Think knowing God more, yes, knowing God, mo- God more, because that is where all the good stuff in this Christian life starts. That's where it all continues, and in his presence is where it all ends. So thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe, like, share, and comment. It helps me a lot, and I really appreciate it. Today, I'm going to tackle a subject that you probably have some pretty strong opinions on. I don't have a clever title for it yet, but I'm going to talk about swearing, about using cuss words today. And I'm going to go over it in a bit of a different fashion. I'm going to use the scriptures that most people use to say we shouldn't swear. And I'm going to go over them, see what scripture really does say about them. Now, I'm going to divide up the the language into two different words. They're used interchangeably, but in scripture, they mean something different. I think you'll get this, but... I'm going to divide up swearing versus cursing, swearing being using language that people don't like, uh, you know, dropping the F-bomb, anything from that to the uh, Lord's name in vain and things like that. I'm going to cover that, but I also want, want to juxtapose it with cursing, which is speaking ill of someone. I'm going to describe that in a minute, but I want to start with my short-lived, maybe not even a week of swearing in my life. As most of you know, I was a high school dropout. My last traditional year was ninth grade. I went to an alternative school with about, I don't know, have zero memory of 10th grade, went there. It was a pace method school where you didn't have any teachers. And then I was in boarding school for a few, maybe eight weeks, six weeks, I don't know, uh, in the fall of my what would have been my junior year, but I was taking um, not junior year classes. And the junior classes I was taking, I was struggling like crazy with. Anyways, I left that, went to Mexico with my parents there. But then we wound up in Texas. I'm probably 19 years old. I went and got my GED here in Texas, and then I went to uh, Lone Star College. Back then it was called, I can't even remember what it was called, but it's now Lone Star, but it was a, it was the old one on W.W. Thorne in Houston. And I went there for a year, and then I uh, transferred down to University of Houston. It took me all of eight or nine years part-time to graduate with my first degree. I did eventually get a master's in educational leadership, which was awesome. But I came home probably 19 years old. I think it was my second semester there, first semester there, there down at U of H. Had an English teacher, can't remember their name. And they had this whole week on that swearing is just words. It doesn't, doesn't mean anything. There's no attachment to it. I had not sworn before really in my life. I grew up around a lot of swearing. It's never bothered me, never been an issue. I, uh, you know, spirit-filled Christian at 13. I was saved 20 times before the age of 13. But 13 is when I made my own, I guess, you know, this is real and and this is what I want to give my life over to sort of thing. Um, but I just, my family didn't swear. At least my mom and dad did. My, um, but around me, there was a lot of swearing. 
And so I decided just, I didn't swear one day, the next day, so I'm just going to swear. So I was living with my parents and I started swearing. I think I swore over the weekend, you know, using the words I can. I wasn't super creative. I was a beginner when it came to swearing. And my parents asked me not to swear. And of course I did. I told them what the professor said. It's just words. It doesn't mean anything. And they said that, well, maybe, but uh, prefer you not to swear. So I'm going to keep swearing. I'm, I'm an adult. You know, I'm like 19 years old or whatever and um, had a job and everything like that. And one morning, we had a long bar in our kitchen, uh, like a kitchen bar, and there was coffee there. It's before I drank coffee, but I got up. I think I was, I, I remember I was all dressed for school and I was getting ready to go. And my mom walks in and she starts swearing. My mom starts saying, where the blankety blank is this? Why didn't that? She wasn't mad or angry. She just started using swear words. And hearing them come out of my mom's mouth, well, that ended my short attempt at being someone that uses swear words. So you can thank my mom for me not swearing. Uh, I thought that was a great story. And that, you know, that story is, gosh, it's now over 40 years old. But I, I remember that that was some good parenting my my mom did. And, you know, I've never I'm not anti people swearing. I'm not going to try to convince you to stop swearing. I'm not going to try to convince you to start swearing. Wouldn't that be a great podcast for the journey life? Four reasons why you should start swearing. But we did have, you know, even being in ministry, we did have, you know, if it's funny, uh, you can use a swear word. It's not a big deal. We never uh, were afraid of our child hearing a swear word on a show or anything like that. We had this, you know, standards like everybody did or used to they don't as much anymore do they said the old dad um but i, I want to talk about the heart of swearing versus the heart of cursing and get into that okay yeah. however in in light of this right here this conversation i want it to be the difference between swearing and cursing and i'm gonna i'm gonna use those words to designate something specific Swearing is using bad words. We would call them cuss words. We would call them curse words. You know what they are. You would want to put the little asterisk ampersand pound sign there when you put F, and then you'd want to put ampersand uh, bullet point or whatever, and you'd want to get that word. And you know when you're swearing, typically, and you know when uh, somebody probably disapproves of your swearing. And so we, I want to, that's swearing. When I'm talking about swearing, I'm talking about using bad words that normally wouldn't be heard in general public. At least they wouldn't be heard at church, okay? Now, cursing is something completely different. And I don't mean swearing a curse on somebody like a witch, like going abracadabra, I curse you with elephant ears. I curse you with a donkey tail. I curse you with, you know, something blankety blank. I mean cursing as in describing the creation that God called very good when he started humanity as no good. Uh, I mean cursing as describing a person or a people group that's out of God's reach of God's love and his grace, a person or people group without hope or redemption. Cursing is when we say that person, that people group, we can say whatever 
whatever we want about them. We can call them whatever names we want, regardless of how ugly and vile they are, because they're without hope of redemption. So we don't have any obligation to love them or minister to them or or woo them into the kingdom and agree with God who's wooing people into the kingdom and into the family, all right? And so that's the difference that I wanna use in this swearing versus cursing. And I want you to get that, I, I don't know how to keep that, you know, I want you to hear that, swearing versus cursing. I'm not saying that you should swear, I'm not saying that you should curse, I just wanna like explore this, all right? And see where it goes in, in this area. So the, the, the majority of my time is going to be spent on answering this question. Is swearing prohibited in scripture? Is the scripture make it clear that we should not be using cuss words and you know what those cuss words are, okay? I'm gonna spend the most of the time talking about is swearing prohibited in scripture and i can hear the wheels going right now everybody's saying absolutely it is however i was at an event this past weekend and i told somebody what i was talking about good christian leadership things like that they're they're like of course it's okay to swear of course you can use cuss words it doesn't matter it's irrelevant did i didn't talk to them any more than that right there i just thought it was interesting and i'm the kind of person that people often tell me things that they wouldn't tell other people because there's a, a trust level there of course but i thought that was really interesting that this person would be that at ease with cussing when most people in the church would say cussing is that swearing is prohibited even though the majority of christians swear in the workplace in their home they're completely okay with hearing swearing on television in movies in sports they're completely okay with using swear words when they're in the office or again when they're in the workplace or when they're at their in their neighborhood so i want to i want to cover that i'm also going to cover uh is swearing prohibited i'm going to cover is cursing prohibited on a, a much smaller level i'm going to cover does swearing ruin my testimony and then I'm going to cover does swearing cause other believers to stumble? And I'm going to have scriptures for all of those things. I think it's going to be interesting. I'm not completely done with the research that I'm going to do, but uh, I've done, you know, a lot. I've got about six pages here. So that's going to be enough for at least two podcasts, maybe a bit more. So that's a that's my long introduction. I gave the description or the, the definitions for swearing uh, versus cursing. And I want you to you know, keep in mind what that is. All right. We're going to start here with this swearing prohibited in scripture. Now, again, almost every Christian I know would say, yes, it's prohibited in scripture. Some would say it's a major sin. Some would say it's a minor sin. Few would say it's not a sin at all. Now you can make a case in scripture that swearing is wrong, but what I wanna start out with is the proposition that, that swearing being a sin is a pretty weak one. And it's one, it's, I think it's a pretty weak one. I think it's one we like to focus on. 
And I'll get to this later, but I want to start with it. I'll get to it later stronger. But I want to start with this. I think that we like to pick out some superficial things like swearing, like using four-letter words, the F word, and things of that nature. Uh, And then we can point to, I don't do that, so I'm good. My mouth is clean. I'm good. I think we love that as Christians. I think we like picking out the superficial part of Scripture— and saying, I, I don't do that. I don't swear. I don't use F word. I don't listen to any movies with F words in them. I don't listen to any music with F words in them. And then we are like, I'm, I'm done. That's it. That's all the scripture meant was for me to not do that. And I think that's wrong. And I think that's why it's pretty weak. And I think it's pretty weak to, to make the case that swearing is prohibited. We should really concentrate on the cursing part because the cursing of people is much, much worse. And we seem to do it constantly, and we're okay with cursing on our Christian Facebook pages. Um, I'm laughing because it's shocking sometimes what I see calling a president, Trump or Biden, an idiot, a loser, things like that. Those are cursing leaders of our nation or used to be leaders of our nation, now a leader of our nation, one of them. And I want to like, I want us to look at that and to look at our heart condition in that area. But I think before I can do that, I need to get through this idea that swearing is a huge big deal. Again, I think that swearing can be the wrong thing. uh, And most likely is not the best thing for you to be doing. Um, However, I want to talk about several of the scriptures three, maybe four of the scriptures that people seem to use when it comes to saying that swearing is a sin, and they would most would say that it's clearly a sin. All right, so I'm going to start with Ephesians 4.29 out of the NIV. It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Now, first, before we get into anything that means anything in here, because this Greek word for for unwholesome is a specific word that I'll keep covering, I think, throughout this. But so notice how we notice how we focus on the do not let any unwholesome and talk come out of your mouth, but we put it into swearing. That's interesting. However, we don't look at the big butt that's right there but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Now, what if we focused on that instead of talking about swearing or feeling bad if we accidentally drop an F-bomb? There's people do that. You accidentally drop an F-bomb and you're embarrassed, but you're not embarrassed if you remain silent and don't use your words to build up others according to their needs. You don't benefit those who listen to you. If you're not talking, if you're not saying something, if you're not, a, if you're not saying something, you cannot be encouraging, which is almost or worse than swearing. What if you were helping people, being helpful in your words, building others up according to their needs, it was benefiting them, and you threw in some choice swear words in there? To me... I think that would be way better than not saying anything, not swearing, and not saying what's helpful. Of course, that's not our choice, but we don't judge people for not being encouraging. We judge them for a swear word because, again, it's the easy thing we can look at. Now, 
in this verse, the word unwholesome is the Greek word for sapros, S-A-P-R-O-S. It doesn't mean swearing. It doesn't mean cursing. It means corrupt, rotten, or harmful. It's in the context often of fruit. And there's some scriptures I'll put probably in the Substack email in the next week or so after this comes out that talks about the other scripture that's talked about corrupt or rot or harmful fruit. So in the context of speech, it refers to words that are not edifying or beneficial to the listener. And I, I would say that cursing, I'm sorry, See, it's going to be hard to get that right, right? I would say that swearing is not edifying or beneficial to the listener. But to the right listener, it's probably not a distraction at all. It might even enhance the conversation for you to be a little bit edgy. I don't know. That's not up for me to decide for you. And we're going to, again, we'll talk about that. I've got that in my outline here to talk about that later. Um but the main focus in this verse, again, is on positive communication. Why do we talk about swearing, but we seem to ignore positive communication? What if you took a month, two months, three months, and you focused on every negative thing you read on Facebook, you would counterpost with a positive communication that would build up and edify others? It will hurt your brain. I've done it. I've done it. I'm practicing being positive as opposed to negative and positive and uplifting and constructive instead of destructive talk. Now, the guideline is to ensure that our words are constructive, timely, beneficial to the listener. All right. And while swearing and, and, and using profanities, that's what I was saying when I was thinking bad words. I was thinking profanities. Uh, they can certainly be seen as a form of unwholesome talk, but it, the verse covers way more than that. Again, it's us being guilty of taking out one part, focusing on the do not do instead of this is what we are created to do on this part over here, okay? So much more powerful, so much imp more important than just avoiding certain words. In fact, Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen, all right? For me, that's about cultivating a manner of speech, a manner of speaking that provokes unity, hope, love positive relationships where we're connected one to another. And that's not just in your personal conversation. That's in your texting, your emails, your Facebook, Instagram, whatever else is out there, what you're posting. Does it come into this wholesome talk that's helpful, that's building people up, that's benefiting those people? 1 Peter 3.10 is the second verse I'm going to use, and it says, Whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. All right? And if we're in the mindset that we're looking for proof that we are good boys and girls because we don't swear, then we will love the Scripture. It's a Scripture to say, 
I shouldn't swear, and no but other good Christians should swear. And if you swear, you're not a good Christian, all right? And I think that's the heart we miss is that it could be that I'm not called to swear, and I don't want to swear. I don't want to even use hell or damn in wrong ways, okay? I don't even want to use the I'm, – I'm laughing here. I'm going to tell a story here about uh, teaching school in the 1990s, but um, – I'm going to go on with this before I get done. I just It just triggered this thought here. But uh, the words here are keep their tongue from evil. And you think, well, of course, of course, swearing is evil. But evil here is the word here for evil means an inner evil. Keep your tongue, your mouth from worthless, depraved, or injurious communication. All right. And then it says, and their lips from deceitful speech. It's for treachery and trickery. And I think that saying a swear word is not evil in the way that it's worthless, depraved, or injurious. It could be with intent, right? And I don't think dropping an F bomb, I'm going to say dropping an F bomb a lot, because to me, that's the clearest word out there that's like, it kind of jars you sometimes. When you're not, when you hear somebody say it and you're not used to saying it, it really jars you when someone used it against you. Okay. But the word, the word here is, but the deceitful part and the evil part, I just don't think a swear word comes attached with that deceit and that evil. <clears throat> what I think does happen is, is when our heart intent is to deceit. When our heart intent is hiding in the inner evil and we're depraved and we have injurious thoughts, uh, worthless thoughts and emotions and energy in here, and we use it, and we don't just accidentally say an F word when we hit our hand with a hammer. We are using it and aiming it at someone, and we're swearing in such a way, and we're making them possibly feel worthless. Them, we're injuring them and we're, we're releasing our inner evil through these swear words, then I can see that being wrong. But think about this. Just the word is, is really just a word. And when you make it something bigger than it is, you're following into the shallow end of the pool instead of the deep end of the pool is what is their heart intent? What is their heart intent? What is my heart intent? Okay, so when... In this same scripture, the word deceitful, now evil is worthless, depraved, and the word deceitful speech is for treachery or trickery. And I thought this was interesting when I looked it up. It's like using words in such a way that it baits people or entices people into something evil. Um, words that are exploiting the pain with, within an undiscerning person. And I don't think that's what swear words are. I think that's what cursing is when you're saying when you're when you're using your words to hurt someone and you're exploiting the shame and the pain that they're in and they're undiscerning that you have no right to judge them that causes damage all right so i think that for us for us i think we really have to watch out for the well i don't swear so i'm okay but i'm okay with cursing because in my cursing i don't use any swear words the thing is is some of us have learned to curse people others using god's word and i can't believe for a moment that god is happy with us doing that 
So yes, I think you can use 1 Peter 3.10 as a reason for you not to swear, for you not to swear. But again, swearing in the context of 1 Peter 3.10 would be the most superficial of all the things that this scripture is trying to express. And if you are happy with living out the superficial life of Christ, the very smallest amount of thing you can do with controlling your tongue is not to drop an F-bomb, then go ahead and use the scripture to not swear and feel good about yourself and better about yourself than the people who do swear, all right? Just a side note, an addendum, just an add-on, a caveat. That was some sarcasm. I'm not sure if sarcasm is appropriate in this, but yeah, if you want to be superficial, just read scripture, looking for the ways that you're right and someone else is wrong, and you will not only find it superficial, you will find yourself in the hat and the coat and the shoes of a Pharisee. All right, so I just did go there about the Pharisee. I love the Pharisee. Jesus loved the Pharisee. Jesus actually ministered to Pharisees. I'm just saying we don't want to be one. And in the parts and areas of our life where we start, you want to grab that Pharisee coat on, put that little Pharisee hat on, do the Pharisee thing. We got to be careful. We got to be, we, we have to allow the spirit to rebuke us. And um, you know, before I go on to James 310, I'm going to tell the story. I uh, taught at private Christian school like 1990 for five years at the one school, four years, five years, four and a half years. I don't even know. It's a long time ago. And in that, you could not say certain words. You couldn't, you couldn't say hell at all. Even if you're teaching the Bible, maybe if you're reading scripture, you would translate ass out of the Bible to something completely different than ass. And I got reprimanded for saying shoot or darn from another teacher. It's hilarious. I, I was like so confused. I was a new teacher and I learned pretty quick that you couldn't say sucks or pissed off in class. I did that a couple times. I'm not a super observant of my audience often, but I, I clued in on that. None of the fifth graders ever said anything about, about it to anybody, which I was thankful for. They all kind of, I believe, the way I recognize it is they were snickering when I said some of those things. And I, again, I was new. I wasn't, uh, I'm not uh, very well versed in some of the, the things I am and am not supposed to do. It takes me a while sometimes to clue in on some of those social clues that are absolutely, by the way, important in the context of a Christian setting and a Christian school and in Christian leadership. I don't want to say that they're not. I just thought that was funny. One year, it was my second or third year I remember I was in the annex and students give you, I mean, you go home with a big box of at the end of the school year and at Christmas and one Christmas, I got a tie, a really nice tie. I don't, I don't I'm not a tie wearer, but you had to wear ties at the school uh, on chapel day. And before that, I think we had to wear it every day. And it was a Looney Tunes tie. And on it, it had, you know, the Looney Tunes characters and it had the Tasmanian devil on it. Tasmanian devil, who cares? Teacher came to me and said, you, should, you shouldn't be wearing that tie. It's got a devil on it. I'm like, it's like an animal with the name devil after Tasmania. I was like, couldn't even understand. Still kept wearing the tie. 
and uh, really kind of enjoyed it. And, and, and she, she didn't mind it after I told her, no, I'm going to, I'm going to wear it. Um, I still know her. She's awesome. So, all right, let's carry on. You know what? Remind me, I have a funny story also about the first elder trip I took. I took out, one, two, three, I think there's four elders and myself, took them to a movie and to uh, a lunch or dinner one Saturday, trying to connect with them in a really tough situation. And I will tell you about that sometime later, probably podcast number two on the swear versus cursing podcast. All right, so on, on to James 3.10. It might be the scripture used most often by preachers and teachers to say that we should not swear. H however, once again, a little bit of study of the scripture makes it clear that cursing in this verse means cursing as I'm using it, okay? It doesn't mean swearing. So that's James 3.10. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. I left it kind of that. That's not NIV. I forget what it is, but I left it like that because I like that. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. All right? This cursing and blessing does not mean blessing, and swearing it doesn't mean saying good things and then saying swear words or profanity it means blessing and saying god is saying this over you god is speaking this to you god has favor in your life god has a future for you you know god don't make no junk t-shirt type stuff all right and then cursing would be the opposite god does make junk and you are junk and how you're acting proves that you're junk and god doesn't have any there's no hope for you i talked to god yesterday and he said there's no hope for bobby and we're pointing that out that's cursing my friends my brethren my sisters these things ought not to be so only thing out of your mouth ought to become blessing. The last thing you ought to be concerned about is did you, did you drop a swear word in the middle of something, okay? That's the least amount of your worries. You should be thinking, waking up, no, I hope I don't swear today, or the pastor shouldn't be thinking, I hope I don't swear from the pulpit today. You ought to be thinking, man, today from my mouth, blessing will proceed. Blessing will proceed. All right. Don't get me wrong. We, it's blessing is hard because we are uncomfortable with blessing, with speaking life and hope and a future over people that don't seem to deserve it according to us, according to my standard, according to how I think about things. All right. Let's go back, get back to the, what this cursing means. If it doesn't mean swearing, it means cursing. It means cursing condemning someone as if God has condemned them and they are now barren. They're unredeemable. There's nothing worthy about, worthy about them. And they're worthy of our speaking curses over them because of who we've decided they are. All right. And this word cursing in here is a bit of a feeling of violent feelings of hatred. All right. 
So it's, it's, it's an expression when it says don't curse. It's an expression we use when we utterly detest someone. And again, my friends, we can hear that in, in conversation. It's on, it's on Facebook, but it's also just talking to people. When you say so-and-so said this and I really liked it, and then somebody will curse them because they've heard that person say something else that they didn't like. There'll be nothing good that that person can ever do that you're talking about because of something they've already done or said. We really like to like pronounce judgment and hatred and violent feelings and cursing on others that we disagree with, and it ought not be so. I'm going to rephrase that, and it ought not be so. And, and it says these things ought not so to be, okay? Now, I think James is saying what he heard Jesus say. And James is saying, can we truly be God's people who bless God in our prayers, in our worship, in our talking of him, and then curse or denigrate, denigrate and call barren and unredeemed those people that he created? And he did create those people. This idea, I love God who I cannot see, but I hate my brother who I can see, all right? Not a time to get into that we're supposed to even love our enemy, but that's there. That's always laying there when you talk to God. I can't get, I can't get away with hating people. That's what's really funny about me is I'm, I'm as judgmental as everybody else. I'm super opinionated, and the Lord's like, why did I, why have that opinion? Did, who, who are you to judge my children? Who are you to judge your brother? Who are you to judge them? Do you have any right to judge them? Do you have any? Per did I give you permission? Did I give you permission to say that they are hopeless? Did I give you permission to say that they are unredeemable? Did I give you permission to? And it's really was annoying years ago. Now I just laugh when the Lord's like, "Can you hear yourself?" I'm like, I just start laughing. I'm like, God, you got you got a problem in me. You got a problem in me, God. What are you going to do about my judgment, my cursing of other people? I, I just noticed it. I didn't know that was cursing, God, but you just showed me. So I know I don't have to clean myself up. You clean me up. So what, what are we going to do, God? What do you want to do with me? And we go from there. It's been a great, it's been a great thing. Then there's no chance for shame to get anywhere in there. There's no chance for shame to close down my proper judgment of things, my proper discernment of things. There's no way for shame to judge to uh, shut down my opinions about things. I still have big opinions, strong opinions. I don't keep them to myself, but I don't aim them and direct them as curses towards people. But I, I, it allows me to live my strong opinions, my strong thoughts about myself, about life, about God about how to treat others, about how to read scripture, about how to think about swearing and how to think about cursing. By the way, I don't know if this is a side note, but we often seem to be horrified when someone takes the Lord's name in vain, quote unquote. And I want you to, I'm not going to say the phrase. <laughs> this would be a totally different podcast if I was saying the phrase. I guess if I was a swearer, I'd be willing to say the phrase. I don't know, but that's where we draw the line. We would never say that, but we only say that if it's super angry, then we forgive ourselves when we swear. But taking the Lord's name in vain, and this is going to hurt some of your feelings, has almost nothing to do with the phrase, God blank it. It has almost everything to do 
with saying, I'm a believer, yet I'm not living up to the belief that I say that I have. You see that? We love shallow. Don't take the Lord's name in vain, but live, live contrary to the Lord's name and live your life in vain. I don't know if I'm like getting clear on that, but again, the words I speak are less important than the life I'm living, okay? Now, the words I speak are important. We know that. I'm not saying they're not important, but many of us would be horrified if we said the Lord's name in vain, if we say God blank it or this or that or them. We'd be horrified if we heard that. We'd be horrified if we heard our pastor say that. We'd be horrified if we heard somebody we really respected spiritually say that. At the same time, we are completely willing to say we're a believer and we believe these certain things and not live up to that belief. See, we are like the policemen in the shallow end. And when people jump in the shallow end, we get mad at them. We say, well, they're not a good Christian because this and that. And then we're drowning over in the deep end with no supervision because we almost completely ignore the deeper meaning of scripture. I mean, I, I can't emphasize enough. And I'm like, I feel like, like I can't emphasize enough the importance of the depth depth of our salvation, the depth of what he's doing inside of us and he wants to do inside of us. Paul calls it an incorruptible, indestructible seed that we just got to water it. Give us some sunshine, man. Give us some water. Give us some hope. Give us some life. Talk to it. Encourage it, man. It's going to grow deep roots and make great foliage and great fruit in your life. So think this is i'm gonna end this maybe maybe not right here but really focus on the wholesome talk the blessing really focus on the heart condition the deep deep stuff of what god wants to use your words for for me part of my story is i was extremely shy i had a, a sister a little bit older than me have one a little bit younger than me and my little bit older sister would answer all my questions for me. I didn't have to talk. I didn't have an opinion. Um, I got spirit filled. I'm not even sure how, but I, I, I found this youth group at 13 um, that I liked. I started going to love the, the youth pastor and a couple friends. All I needed was a couple friends to get me to go to something socially. And I did that and got spirit filled in Ashland, Oregon in like 1975. I'm going to I think that's 70, 1975, and um, I was still shy, but I became less shy that, that moment, that moment. So from 13, 17, 16, dropped out of high school, 17-ish, was in Mexico with my parents, just me and my mom and dad. Then we moved, then we came through Texas. We stopped in Houston. We've been here since like the end of 79, beginning of 1980, and as I'm reading, um, I'm a big reader, as I'm reading scripture, and God. It's like, yeah, it's if you if you want to love people, you got to talk to them. And it was like I had never I'd never talked to anybody before, like a girl. I'd never like I, I was like all I would by myself. I'm really have been okay by myself. And um, all my siblings will tell you, yeah, Les didn't talk at all, but he's sure making up for it. The thing is, is like 
God like, like started to emphasize, you, you have to speak. You have to speak. And I started speaking and I started arguing. I started, you know, making certain points and God's like, that's not the speaking I was talking about. And so it's been, a, it's been a long journey and it takes an effort, but man, I hope that you go out and you start using your words to really bless people. Think about that. And you can practice by the way, on Facebook, you can practice on social media. You can practice being a blessing. You can read something, you can put it right there. You can comment, you can post your own stuff that you're thinking that's positive. You can message somebody on Facebook and you can text them and call them and just bless them. Hey, I just want to bless you today. And I want to encourage you to do that instead of not just swearing or instead of picking up swearing. I think that's what I started with that go after that, those words that you have. So I want to put in here before I do leave um, that I, I told you I'd go back to Ephesians 4.29. Let no unwholesome word, let no sapros come from your, from your mouth. And again, that's uh, that's something that's used to describe something that's corrupt or bad or undesirable undesirable in contrast with what is good and wholesome and it's often referring to fruit from trees or root or or your words which are fruit from your heart um the the difference is always with sapros is always there's bad fruit but there's also the good fruit so there's bad language that you can use and there's also good language you can use